You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, as always, Tyler, a.k.a. Wagner Hopeless, and Jim Rosati from the Northside Notch. What's up, everyone? How's your Thursdays? Tyler, you look so enthused. Yeah, I had to give us a little retweet real quick. Get that little Wagner to catch bump. My bad. (laughs) Look up at everyone. How you doing? I'm sorry. I'm out here trying to support our product. Give us a retweet. And all I do is get trashed for it. It's, It's insulting. It only took you a whole season to do it. You know what? I try to support Starbucks, but you guys are just way too early for me. <laughs> Although I was up early enough to watch one episode this week or the episode this week. That's right. Did I? I made it about three minutes and I realized I need to go back to sleep. I, I do just have to say before, before you start, Jim, it's where Clothing Company says nice shirt. Dinner. I have to say it. Finally, the jersey's here for everyone that wants to know. I've only ordered this literally yeah. a year ago. Two wrong jerseys later, I finally got it. It's good looking. It looks good. It looks good. You know what else? It would look better on someone else, but it's a good looking jersey. I don't know. I got the. Uh... All right, my Magic Mike, calm down. I also got the shirt within the shirt. So. <laughs> that's what's, no that's what's important, fellas. Shirt within the shirt. Shirt within there we the go. shirt. <clears throat> so, Jim, how, how many of those? How many of those have, have? How many people have bought that shirt? <laughs> oh, that's that's a one of one. <laughs> one of one. Okay, I was gonna say there can't be there can't be anybody else who owns that unless Probably I don't know. Unless amount. some people want it, I'll put it up there. Yeah. Probably about the same amount of people that bought the I am Wagner to cut shirt too. Two. <laughs> How, how was there a second person? Because Arter's an idiot. Yeah, because <laughs> Tyler and I bought one. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's, it is, uh, it is strange wearing that around. I am Wagner to catch. Yeah. Bernie what if all three of us just wore it when we were all together at some point? Like, it's weird, though, because I wear great t-shirts a lot, and sometimes it'll be on underneath something, and I'll take it off, and Someone will look at me it's funny. Like, what the hell does that mean? Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah. Well, now you're no longer Wagner to Kutch. Now I'm hopeless. Yep. Anyhow, Jim, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Uh, it is snowy here. It is cold. But uh, no, we're doing good. How bad was it getting into your car on Tuesday? I feel so bad for you. 
I am sure you have a garage, Mr. Fancy Pants. I also work from home, so I didn't have to go anywhere. I did, though, have to go to Starbucks on Wednesday and today. So I drove to Starbucks today and yesterday just because I needed to. I didn't feel like making coffee at home because it's just not as good. That's like a double whammy for me. You were sitting your ass at home, not moving. And you were too lazy to push a button right at home to make coffee that you got in a car in the freezing no, cold, no. drove the Starbucks that, to get it. No, not that I'm too lazy. It's just it literally doesn't taste as good. That's the coffee the at Starbucks. How does how does the, Starbucks the taste coffee? Better? It it tastes so much better. I even use the Starbucks coffee at home. Like I use the co- like I grind my my beans. Like so I have the Starbucks coffee beans that I grind up and make the coffee. It's just not as good. Jim, you're the most city person in Kentucky. <laughs> Damn, city luckily, center. like literally luckily there's a Starbucks like a half a mile from me. So it, I can get there in two minutes. Like I don't want to, even in the snow. I'm not trying to bash Starbucks because I do appreciate it. I think there's much better coffee out there. The one thing I'll give Starbucks, though, is it's always consistent. Yeah, make your jokes. It's always consistently terrible. It's always consistent. What I say by that is Dunkin' Donuts, your coffee sometimes can be a lot better than Starbucks, but also it could be terrible. I just find it, it's always different every time. Where Starbucks, it's, it tastes the same every time you go there. So, like, I, I'll give that props. But, like, I've never – I don't think I've ever made a coffee at home unless I'm – you know, which I won't buy, but, like, unless you're, like, getting Folgers or something. And been like, oh, this tastes worse than Starbucks. I'll tell you what, you guys have been out of the office for far too long because I've been drinking terrible office coffee for a good two years. I won't even. I won't. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So I'm not I doing off. You know what? I will actually, before when I went to the office every now and then, I would do the office coffee, but that's because they have a Keurig machine. So we have one as well. That that's bad. a bit different. That bad. Yeah. That's a bit different. I, not. Yeah. It's not even so much I won't do the office coffee because it tastes terrible, which it does. But I just feel like all those people at work touching that, I don't know. It just, ugh, skeevy. I'll just go get my own. I'll go to the vending machine and buy, It's you know, like a Starbucks um, Frappuccino, the, the cold yeah. Frappuccinos. Like, I'll buy that opposed to using the coffee at the office. I was actually banned from making coffee in the office. What I put too do? many scoops. I put way too many scoops in it for everyone else. I don't care. Banned. I put like eight scoops in. Banned. Like only only Tyler's banned from making the coffee. No, <laughs> you know I. What I mean, <laughs> come on. No, I mean, no, really, because the owner of the company they said he was bouncing off walls, and they're like, "Who keeps doing this to the coffee?" I'm like, "That's me." I like my coffee like jet fuel. I don't want to have to pee all day because I've drank eight cups of your crappy two scoop coffee. I'll just put eight cups in my one coffee, and I'm good. You know, we talked about this. We talked about this on Denaro's Dugout once. You do like jet fuel. Exactly. Which is another reason reason why I go to Starbucks, because I can't do espresso at my house. And I I actually, that's what I need. I need the espresso. Oh, I love espresso. I actually yeah. purchased an espresso machine not too long ago. See, I've thought about it, but it intimidates me. <laughs> what do you mean it intimidates, intimidates you? you? 
You put the pot they, in. It's the same thing as they if you seem, They seem like super complicated. I feel like I would mess it up. See, and on the flip side, though, Keurigs, I don't get enough coffee out of it. I don't think they're caffeinated yep. enough. Right? I, I agree. Water down, and I just feel like I'm wasting K-cups. Yep. I agree. I guess to say it, Ethan says that their coffee is terrible, all of it. I never, I used to never be much of a coffee drinker. I guess it's like beer, you know, like you're a kid. Yeah, you just like get beer. used to it. You know, it's just something mm-hmm. that it's, you know, yeah. an acquired taste. You get older, you start drinking it and get used to it. Um, but yeah, so I've had Keurigs now for a while. I still have a Keurig. As mentioned, I just bought an espresso. And just as of two weeks ago, I think my wife bought something. I'm starting to do pour overs. That's 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 some good stuff. I'm not that fancy. I'm just a black coffee kind of guy. I'm starting to get into fancy. Um, you know, I'm, my pinky's on the air now, and I'm drinking my coffee. Denardo, oh, yeah. you're definitely a creamer kind of guy. <laughs> I do, but not a whole lot. I I have drinking it straight, and I'll tell you what, it's been since that conversation we had. Like I mentioned, I talked it. about this on Denardo's dugout before. So you guys have intimidated me. You know, sometimes I feel like I got to put my big big pants on. You know, because Tyler and Geddes are looking down upon me, and I, I've drinking it straight some. More of the Nespresso I've done it with. I don't do any creamer. I will. The only time I will do creamer every now and then, I'll tap into one of them frozen coffees, a little caramel pump from Dunkin'. But I'm. I mean, I don't uh, want to spend four dollars on a coffee. Uh, I don't I do Dunkin'. Gonna... I don't. I don't do Dunkin' Donuts. I guess I think stroll through Circle K, get me a one dollar twenty nine cent extra large Colombian coffee, and be good. You know, it's weird. You mentioned about the uh, the ice or whatever. When I'm home, I mean, it's it's hot coffee all day long, right? You just you pour it, you start drinking it. But I feel like any time I'm out, I always get iced. Very very yeah, rare to like hot coffee. It's a treat yourself. To treat yourself. Well, also like today when it's eighty four degrees outside, you know, it's it's hard to get a hot. Piss off. Just saying. I had to scrape no. two inches of ice off my car. It was 84. I punch, I have hot, cuts in my hand. I got two shirts on right now. It's kind of warm for me. Denaro, I have cuts in my hand from punching my, the hood of my car trying to get the ice to break. All right. All right. Enough talk about the, about the warm weather in Florida. <laughs> so then what are we going to talk about? I don't want to add to that. I don't, I don't want to hear about Should we it. go into spring training then? Should we start talking about the warm weather in Florida? Was that, was yeah, Jim trying to do the that. Segway Master today? <laughs> speaking that of warm. That would have been a good warm, segue if either one of us would have picked up. I know. It, it, it speaking, speaking of warm weather in Florida. Yeah. Pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. And uh, apparently, Key Brian Hayes too was down there. They showed some videos of him. Looking good. Looking like a really, really good third baseman. Like a snack. I don't know. Maybe they should lock him up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, which segue are we going into yeah, right now? <laughs> yeah, right, right. What are we segueing to? This show's going to be over in five minutes. Yeah, yes, so many pitchers segments. and catchers right. have officially reported. You know what's funny, Jim? I just wanted to bring this up because we talked about this on Starbucks. You know, you mentioned it how 
going to be the day where you're seeing nothing but videos, right? All the media members out there with their grainy Razer V3 yeah. phones taking, taking video of these pictures and such. Telling everyone how great they look, right? Every guy's in the best shape of life. It wasn't a whole lot. And I guess if we really think about it, I mean, COVID still exists. So we kind of missed yeah. out on that. Yeah, I wonder just what the access is like at Pirate City. So, yeah, there wasn't, there's not really a whole lot of content out there throughout the day that we've been used to. Right. Which I'm fine with. I don't necessarily need to see people playing catch. You know what? I do love, there's a hashtag on Twitter that's uh, spring training drills. I love that. It just takes you back to old, old, just old baseball. But other than that, I don't need to hear about it, how everyone's in the best shape of their life and how Colin Moran's going back to the, his Astro days of drills and blah, blah, blah. I don't need to hear any of that. Pirates are going to suck. We're all going to know it. Let's just get through it. Yeah. I mean, I admit, like, I don't need the who's in the best shape of the life thing. That story's played out for me. I'm done hearing that. But I do appreciate the videos. I mean, I do just like enjoying it. Not even so much just to see maybe someone's tweak something or doing something different. You know, or Josh Bell's throwing underhand now. But maybe just because it's the first time I'm literally seeing a pitcher oh, throw a baseball since October. And, you know, I'm, I'm craving that kind of content. You know, just as cliche it is, right? The ball popping and hitting the mitt. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's it's cool. The stuff that the official Pirates account is tweeting out, you know, that that stuff's pretty cool where they do their little, you know, 10 second, 15 second video bursts. Right. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's I'm, really just, to, I'm ready for games. I'm ready for spring training games. Spring training is one of those things that real baseball fans, no shot at sabermetric people, but definitely a shot at them. We enjoy. The rest oh, of them are like, well, what's this exit velocity off of uh, Fatty Prince? What's the logic? Right, right. Yeah, that's coming, Tyler. Good Lord. Let me just watch baseball without the numbers, please. I'm done with it. Well, you can do that. You just watch watch a nationally televised game. (laughs) But not the one that shows nothing but those numbers. Not the special one. Yeah, yeah. Not the one on ESPN2. Mike Petrelio. The one on ESPN. Yeah, Breaking down exit velocity and launch angle. Like, it's fine and all, but I don't need it every second of my life to be, like, okay, I, I, it's a whole conversation for another day, and I don't want to drag us into it, but I really do feel like part of it is ruining baseball, but that's a whole other discussion that will take an hour or so. I get it. I feel you. We can move on. Yeah, I think there's another it's, another day for that. But yeah, it's yeah. just exhausting at times. But yeah, so pitcher catcher reported, and Brian Hayes. Um, so I don't know. Let's let's kind of break it down into it because I think there's one thing uh, we can say about this roster. Like Tyler said, it's not that good. So I don't really think anyone's should at least should be gifted any roster spot on this club. Um. There's been a lot of turnover, especially with the rotation, as mentioned. You know, Jameson Tyone, you know, not that he was here last year, but no longer on this on this club. You know, Joe Musgrove, no longer on this club. Trevor Williams, no longer on this club. Um, so I, I thought, well, Tyler, I should say, thought, why don't we go ahead and talk this week about maybe predicting who's going to be in the 2021 rotation. So 
I'll tell you what, Tyler, let's give you the floor. Your topic. Go ahead. Run with it. <laughs> yeah. it's. I'm going to be honest with you. I looked into it. Really sat down and looked at the depth chart for the first time this afternoon. and thought, man, I could see him getting moved. I could see him getting moved. Maybe they bump him up. But really, I almost feel like everything's kind of set in stone right now where you've got Keller. He's a... Uh, no-brainer, he's in the rotation. Not a question. I think you got Chad Cole. There's too much upside there to not have him as a starter. If you look at it at the deadline, I mean, what are you going to get for reliever Chad Cole? Not much. You might as well take the chance right now, see if he, he can do something as a starter. Worst comes to worst. If he's awful, move him to the bullpen. Go from there. Brault's the guy I think you look at and go, if they move him, that's where a lot of these puzzle pieces can move. But at this point, I'm not sure that they can move him or will move him. Yeah. I know a lot of people, a lot of Pirates fans seem to be higher on Brawl than I guess myself and probably the rest of Major League Baseball. <laughs> it only takes one, though. And- then after that, I think you go Brubaker and probably that's where it gets tough. I think you got to go with the guy I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah, Horace. Yeah, him. Still can't pronounce that one. That's, I think, where I go instead of Ponce, but that's where I'm at with it. Just he's got the major league experience and he's. Based upon the trade, you would think he's part of your future, so that's where I would go with it. But Ponce is in there if you can do something with Brawl, which I would prefer to have Ponce over Brawl to be in with. Mm, but, okay. I mean, the Pirates are just – they're going to roll with the guys that have the experience right now, I believe. I'll tell you what, just throw in here. We have a comment. So from Mitch, he goes, elite changeup and a lefty, getting craftier his – sorry, your comment went away. Getting craftier as he ages, Brawl is good. Um, so, like as you no, mentioned, he's Jeff Locke. As he's Jeff Locke reincarnated. <laughs> as you mentioned, he is getting a lot of love. Um, the changeup, and I think Jim touched on it. Did you talk about this on Wednesday? It was yesterday? His changeup. I talked about there were some similarities between Brault and Anderson. Right. Um, I but- forgot Anderson. I'm sorry. I completely forgot they did that. I was wondering. I didn't so really I would, go into. I would bump Brubaker back, and then yeah. Brubaker would be in the bullpen, and I go Yahure as my number five. Yeah. I, well, I guess get back to Brawl. You know, as he was saying, like I, he is getting all love. I mean, he had a fine season last year. Um, he did. Yeah. He pitched more to strengths. So when he said we saw the the change up, I'm very effective. But I'm kind of like in the middle too. I mean, he pitches strengths, but he's also put in really good situations. You know, for the most part, he, he only saw the lineup once or slightly over that, right? Um, you know, he wasn't like your traditional starter. He was in there seeing the lineup two, three times over. Uh, so, you know, that worries me a little bit. But, and also, of course, like his career to this point, you know, before that. So, you know, the, the limited time, you know, I still want to see more out of it. Now, he's going to have every opportunity in here. Like, that's what we're kind of getting at. There's a lot of, 
mediocre options that the Pirates have. Mediocre to very, you know, below average. So you're going to need arms. Every team needs arms this year after the 2020 season. Uh, he's not traded yet. You know, I know there's been some talk. You know, you've heard Chad Cool's name. You've heard Stephen Brault's name. But they're still here today. I don't see, and I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to be gone by the time the season starts. So right now, I think obviously, like what you said, Tyler, you're penciling in Mitch Keller. And I think right now, if the season were to start today, you're penciling Chad Cole and you're penciling Stephen Brault. Like those are the one, two, and three. Dead. You probably pencil in Anderson as well. I just completely forgot he existed because the Pirates' major league signings don't happen ever. <laughs> and that's fair. So I do agree with those three. And potentially four. I also do believe that <clears throat> Brault's the, I'm sorry, that Anderson's the fifth guy. Um, but it is interesting, like you mentioned, Chad Cool, I think, could be a very, very dominant relief. Like, could. They're going to give him every opportunity to be in, in the rotation. I think he's still a very good pitcher. I, I like Chad Cool. I like Chad Cool, especially going to last year. And I think this year he can really show what he can do. Um, but it's like going back to. I just had his name, too. Got traded from the Brewers to San Diego Pomeranz. Is that. Oh, I was going to say Zach Davis. <laughs> oh, no. Like the Pomeranz, like he was a starter, like pretty much that whole year. Mm-hmm. Right. And like got the trade. I think he, he made like a few relief appearances in Milwaukee. And then he got traded to, you know, San Diego and blew up. Like, I feel like Chad Cole could be a very, very, like a Pomeranz type of guy. Very, very effective reliever. And we know relievers have a lot of, a lot of value at the deadline. But I think he's a starter. So I'm going to go a little bit different with this question. I think the Pirates are going to utilize a lot of pitchers to really make up their rotation Um, for a few reasons. One, I don't really know how many innings these guys are going to be able to throw this year. We talked about this a little bit before, but no one on this team pitched – a significant amount of innings last year. So can you go from, you know, can Steven Brault physically go from pitching 42 innings last year to 150? Like, is, is that even physically capable for him to do? I don't, I don't know. Like we've, we've talked about how, you know, you want to grow though, that those innings year by year. Um, that's a significant jump. And that's going to be the case for every single pitcher this year. So I think what we're going to see is, um, a lot of depth to the rotation, not necessarily good depth, but they're, they're going to, they're going to utilize a lot of people. Um, so, so if I'm going with a rotation, I'm going Keller. I think Keller's in there. I think Tyler Anderson's in there. Um, and I think Will Crow is in there. All right. And then I think you see a piggyback situation for like oh. a cool brawl. You see like a cool brawl piggyback and then you see maybe like a Brubaker Ponce or Brubaker Yohore. I, I could actually see them starting Yohore in the minors. Um, but I, I think, I think that's what you see. I don't think you see five guys starting the year off as starting pitchers and like in the, in the standard normal way that you think of that. Um, so I, I think, I think Keller Anderson, Crow, maybe those those three, but then like Cole Brault seemed to work pretty well and complement each other in a piggyback. 
Um, and then I think, uh, yeah, like Brubaker, Brubaker Ponce is the other one. So I think technically you have seven, like a seven man rotation that you kind of pitch every five games. Jim brings up a really good point though, about the innings. There's maybe a handful of guys, maybe two handfuls of guys that actually pitched 60 plus innings last year. And there a lot of teams all around baseball are going to be asking these guys to go out and throw 180 to hundred to 200 innings. So and will, I think that's a good question. Like it's a good too. like are we going to see teams go more towards the early hook or maybe a six man rotation? Unless I mean, we don't even know. Yeah, like look at the Dodgers and the Padres. Like, what are they going to do? Like, they, that maybe that's that's why they've loaded up on all these arms because I don't. I mean, those guys aren't going to be able to go out there and throw 180 to 200 innings like they normally do. That's that's what I want to bring up here. Like, are we even going to see a 200 inning pitcher this year? Because, you know, at, at most, you know, yeah. I forget who the, who had the highest, but you're talking like maybe, what, 68 innings last year, the most innings pitched. So are you going from 68? About 80, but. What's that? Beaver threw high 70s innings. Okay. That's, that's about it. 78 then. Uh, Lance Lynn threw 84. Jeez. Okay. Lance Lynn has a rubber arm and he throws 85. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> but even take Lance yeah. Lynn, for example. That's the most innings pitch, 84, as you mentioned. Are you going from 84 right. to 200 in one year? You know, especially the way teams treat pitchers these days. I mean, you went about, you know, uber cautious. Mm-hmm. So are you even going to have any player hit 200 innings? So then with that, of course, you know, like the trickle-down trickle down effect. You know, like what are these mm-hmm. other pitchers going to hit? Is anyone on the Pirates going to have 160 plus innings? And not, not just that, but look at like, Guys coming up from the Myers, they did not throw last year. Also very good. So are we going to have a cap on them? Because I just looked and we had three pitchers throw over 80 innings. It was Bieber, Herman, and uh, uh, Lynn. Wow. So three guys. A couple guys really I wouldn't don't. have expected. Like those, exactly. Those weren't the names on top of my list. So I think that's I think that's the issue this year is you're going to see some very creative usage of the of the staff. Oh, sorry, Hendricks was the other one, and he throws. I put him in a river. You can hit a home run off him, so yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we already we already discussed that. Wait, that's need, like uh, Tim Wakefield. Where's the Jim Jim? I was like, that's actually how the that's how the GIF originated. Right. This is when Tyler said he could hit a home run off. Al Hendrick. Easy. Easy. Not even just no, a, hit, really, a home run. Yeah. But you look at the, like, let's just say Quinn Priester is ready to go this year. He's not, but as in the Pirates situation, he's not. They're not going to throw him that many innings. He hasn't really pitched competitively in over a year. It'll be two years by the time he'd be mm-hmm. throwing in the majors. Right. So how are the other teams yeah. going to treat their guys that are ready to go? Yeah, so I think that's something to watch. Um, Mitch says, you know, Garrett Cole, Scherzer. So I agree with that. Like, I think I think those guys, like the true workhorses of baseball, can probably go out there and do it, right? Um, but I, I, think, I think a lot of your, you know, your fringe starters to middle of the rotation types, I don't, I don't know if – I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I and mean, I guess we'll find out and, and we'll see how teams, teams, you know, handle their staffs. But 
I think innings are going to be at a premium this year, just across the board. Um, I think what you'll also see, I mean, you will see records being broken this year for like number of pitchers used in a season, things like that. Like those records will, will all fall this year. That's my prediction. Is this the year the long reliever? Could be. Yeah, I mean, you could you just have a bunch of people go out there and throw two innings, you know, two, three innings. Think about how <laughs> this has kind of been trending with like the opener and now yeah. someone with the piggyback starts and such. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad or whatever, but it's almost like it's, it's made it easier for, I think, this year to teams go ahead and do it. Like it's already been done. It's not going to be weird or wacky for teams to go ahead and do this. And of course, it makes sense. Like, Jim, you're, you know, Tyler, you guys are saying, like, you want to be cautious with these arms. And you're absolutely correct. The Dodgers and Padres are set up. I mean, they're they're good to go. They got like a ten man rotation there, you know. And that doesn't include Mackenzie Gore sitting down there in the minors. We keep talking about. Mm-hmm. So you know, those guys are good to go. But I think with a lot of teams, they're going to struggle. And so that's like the one thing with the Pirates. We're talking about who's going to be the, the five man rotation, arbitrarily the five man, right? But it never makes only use five sense. Well, that's part of it, but also makes sense that like eventually. The odds are Chad Cole and Stephen Brault will be traded. So we're already struggling to find arms. We see the arms that we have, right? Like they're mediocre to below average. They're they're not very enticing. So it's like when those guys leave, right? When there's a void to fill there, it's like then who's the next man up now too? Um, you know, we talk about Keller, Cole, Brault, Anderson's getting some love, Brubaker, Gurry, and there's Crow and Ponzi. So it's like it. I feel like the Pirates need more pitching than those. I mean, I would agree. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like those, the, the, those starting pitchers that are on the 40 man right now. So there are what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight, right? The Pirates are going to use more than eight starting pitchers this year. Yeah. I don't think there's a question about it. Who the hell is right. next? But the. <laughs> throw it back to Mackenzie Gore with the Padres. Are they going to cap him? I mean, the Pirates. Mackenzie's Gore not we even might in see. that rotation, well, Tyler. I know, so, but when he comes up, he's probably going to be capped. He didn't, he didn't really throw it last year. I mean, I agree with so the cap, but I don't think he's going to get I the know, opportunities saying, to have to worry about that. baseball. Uh, he's gonna get, there's hardly pitch. any yeah, this team that doesn't use more than five or that only uses five pitchers. The Cubs, their World Series year, were the luckiest team in baseball. But I think you know who you who you have kind of waiting in the wings who can start. Um, James Marvel, right? True. Um, you know Clay Holmes can kind of technically do it if you need him to he's still around he is yeah non-roster oh, invitee yeah um just get rid of him already but as far as from the kingdom for all i care the prospect standpoint like i think you see cody bolton this year yeah that's someone who i think he's somewhat exciting yeah I, I think that's i think that's probably your your top pitching prospect who makes a uh who makes a debut And I just oh, wanted to go back to so what you said, away. Jim, about the piggybacking. Um, you know, it's weird because it happened, and I really didn't think about it this year. And maybe it's just because 
I don't know. It feels like this is going to be more of a normal season. Like last year was just weird and wacky, and they, and they did it. And, and it also made sense because mm-hmm. Chad Cool's coming off the injury and, and whatnot. Um, I'm for like the piggybacking worked. You know, I guess when it worked, it really did. It, I mean, you, you looked at how they they were effective. Like Cool's most effective outings were those were those games where he came in after Brault you know, in like the fourth or fifth inning mm-hmm. and Brault and cool would combine for seven to eight solid innings. I, I, I felt like that was a pretty strong duo there. Right. And I was going to say, like, I remember Cool had the finger injury. I want to say it was during a piggyback. That's what I said. It worked when it worked because I know the one start he had, it was pretty bad. And again, I know injury was involved. So like kind of toss it out the door, but right. Like, Ch- like Chad cool was pretty good last year. I know we gave up the long ball. We talked about that on Starbucks. This year, maybe that helps him out. But yeah, like and, and with Brawl, I mean, he was put in really good situations. When Pirates Twitter was blowing up because he had a perfect game, right, sitting down nine batters, nine batters. I'm not talking about like, you know, he had 20 batters sitting down, nine of them. <laughs> and he took him out. Like, that was that was the point of it. That's It worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, Brawl was put in a good situation. Tad Cool came in next. He pitched fine. And that was a way that two guys could eat up some innings without really wearing down so i think i'm in favor i want to see the piggyback again i mean this is the year to experiment why not that too i mean if you're going to experiment with something this is the year to do it and and i again i think it's going to end up being a necessity because you're going to need people to pitch all these innings whatever you got to do i mean we don't we don't have a center field just figure it out Everything's just throw it at the wall. See what sticks this year. Right, right. Um, touch on Brubaker. I think him kind of Chad Coolish too. Like I feel like he would be very, very effective in the bullpen. But because of the need of arms, and he did start you know games last year, he will also be put in the rotation. That's my guy too. Like if I'm picking, I'm picking Keller, Cool, Brault, Anderson, and Brubaker. Um, but again, like I feel Brubaker is going to be a very good bullpen arm. Um, and like Chad Cool, I, I, I believe more in Chad Cool being a, a starter than a than you know Brubaker, but I think like Chad could just pillar But again, if you kind of utilize that piggybacking situation mm-hmm. and, and you can limit it to where you know these guys are facing 15 batters, right? A game, then they can the, the stuff can play better, right? You know, you don't, you don't have to starting pitchers, right? You got to kind of conserve some, some energy for the sixth and seventh innings. You don't have to do that. If you're like, okay, go out there, you're going through the lineup one time, maybe one and a half times, and then you're done. Right. right. So it, it's, it's kind of like a hybrid situation, starter reliever. Um, and I feel like that, that's kind of like an ideal situation for Balt, for Cole, for Brubaker, you know, those guys who, you know, they, they've got a decent pitch or one or two pitches, but they don't have that full repertoire of people where they can go through an order, repertoire of pitchers with pitches where they can go through an order, you know, three, four times. They, I, I, they just can't do that. They're not going to be effective doing that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think that I think the Pirates utilize that this year. and I think they utilize it quite a bit. So here's a little segue for you. Coming up, Chad Cole, he's the guy that. I think a lot of people thought we're going to re- was going to replace Jared Hughes with the sinker ball. He's going to be in the bullpen. He's going to get ground balls. 
So coming off of that, with all the reports coming out about the new baseball, is this an opportunity for Chad Cool to get that sinker ball back, get back to the ground ball game? You know what gets me, though? That was never really a truly effective pitch for him. Not really, no. He came up, and it just – it never worked. Right. No. So maybe part of it was, you know, the baseball changing. Although early in his career, I still believe it was the old baseball. I, I don't know. I, I want to say no. I know where you're getting at. And we talked about this, too. Maybe are we reversing back to the old ways, right, uh, to a degree. But – I think Chad shown last year, like what he can do, you know. So now, Oscar Marine back. Good last year though. Chad Cool hasn't really been that good. He's never been that good since, like, he's the guy that was fast. He was he was fine his first couple years up, and like his his 2017, where you know he was in the rotation the whole year. He was he wasn't bad, Um, but like. 2020. Never, he, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at these stat cast numbers too. Just, just kind of, and his page is lots of blue, <laughs> a lot of blue on this. It page. is. Um, See, so the expected numbers aren't aren't where you want to see them. The walk rate was high. Um, you know, people are hitting the ball hard off of them. I yeah. think is well. Part of it, I think. Has to do. He can't get a lefty out. He has nothing really off speed. I know. I hear about the curveball, curveball, and how the spin rate, blah so, blah blah. Okay, I'm, I'll let I you guys care. go. I, I want to. I'm just saying. I'll let you guys go. I watch the curve. If I see the curveball, I'm like, that looks like shit. It's not that good of a pitch, eye test wise. I'm. I mean, I know the spin, blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. But. That's where I'm at with him. Third time through the order, he's awful. He's a guy that seems like he traded in velocity for a real repertoire of pitches. Because he came up and he bumped that velocity way up. Right. He's hitting 98. And he was in the minors. I don't think there was any real record of him throwing that hard. And it seemed like he traded it all in for velocity and trying to get strikeouts. And he's a rare form of guy that it has not worked a bit for him. He's a number five starter that would probably be better in the bullpen. But with everything everyone's telling me, I think you got to ride him in the rotation. So I'm going to disagree a little bit on your curveball assessment. Like it, it was a good pitch last year. Like I, 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 it doesn't matter what you say about it. It, it had, it had a top tier spin rate. It had top tier movement, and player people didn't hit it. Ex- I'm expected whoa, people hit seventy zero seven one versus his curveball last year, a whiff rate of thirty eight percent. Expected woba of one twenty one. Like his curveball was his best pitch. The slider was also pretty good. the The sinker is what got rocked. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not for the throw more sinkers. Uh, I'm for the throw more sliders and curveballs. 
Okay, so now for me to get back to my point here, because I don't have much of an argument. What you guys are saying are all facts. Now, when you look at the overall numbers, it's all there. (laughs) Where I'm coming from is more of what I feel they're more of, like what there's more of in him. You know, it's like the Chris Archer thing back with me again. Now, with Chris Archer and Chad Cole, I will hold on and die almost on this hill until they finally prove me wrong, until we're like 30 years down the road. It's like, oh, I'm finally going to give up and say I was wrong. I feel there's more in Chad Cole, just like I felt there was more in uh, Chris Archer. You are right. Like, the numbers are all blue, but I also think a lot of that there's, too, that one terrible start he had, uh, and, of course, the, the injury, too. When you look outside of that, to me, he looked like a really effective pitcher. The, the, the sinker, I'm sorry, yeah, the sinker. The sinker was not good, right? The two-seamer, which is, I mean, how long do we have to hear about that? How long do we have to hear about this pitch, right? I'm tired of it. His slider was deadly. His curveball was deadly. Mix in with a four-seamer more this year and see what happens. I think there's a lot more to be desired with Chad Cole. And again, with the season being such short sample, and you have to take almost two starts in there for real reason, you know, like he was injured, you know, his finger... I forget what it was exactly, but, you know, there was an actual issue and he gave up a clunker. You know, I, I don't want to be the guy who just picks the good, but there was such a shortened season. And there, I, Tyler's talking about the eye test. The eye test to me almost was the opposite. I saw something in Chad Cole and now I want a full season to actually see it. Like, to me, this year is where he's finally going to prove either I'm right or I'm wrong and I'll accept either or. <laughs> no, Denardo, I'm, 100% with you because I'm, but I'm on the opposite end and of that's, it. That's where, fair. That's fair. You know, again, you're telling I me the facts. Lo- I can't deny what you're saying to me. I don't love the curveball. I don't think it's that great. However, I am scared to death of this guy turning into Charlie Morton. <laughs> and what? Okay, so then you're proving what I'm saying to be correct because there's more than Charlie Morton, you know? They're just used oh, wrong. We all knew there you're was putting, more than Charlie uh, Morton. You're putting a two-seaver in Chad Cole's hand when it shouldn't be, and he's going to leave but Pittsburgh. we all knew there was more to Charlie Morton. Well, okay. Maybe that was a little extreme. We didn't know there was more to Charlie Morton. He had electric stuff, man. Because at that point, we didn't really know that we're all a little stupid. We didn't realize that he could have just used the curveball to get the lefties out. They could never get out. And that he could throw 98 <laughs> with cut. Uh, that part too that's the thing though we kind of could we did know like we his nickname on twitter was electric stuff yeah but that was more of like a joke but it was a joke because people said it (laughs) but it was true like (laughs) yeah but he never showed it it was just like you know what i decided to throw harder so i did just sad because that's like literally his quote (laughs) so I'm just waiting for Chad Cole to turn into Charlie Morton. Okay. And so, make me look like an idiot. But that's like where I'm getting at. I can see that from him. Maybe not. I mean, I'm not saying that Charlie Morton's level by any means. I don't think he's there at all. But I think yeah, he can be good. a very effective pitcher. More than just a fine pitcher, as Jim loves to say. And I don't if know not, Chad Cole's if ever not, throw an the absolute Charlie stud in the bullpen. I will agree with the bullpen part, but yeah, Charlie Morton does have that nasty two steamer that he decided I'm going to add four miles an hour to it for fun. 
tactical awesome yeah he can't well he kind of has done that he's done it in the past the velocity has dropped down since his surgery and and so i don't know if he's yeah. going to be i don't know if he's going to be that guy in 2018 who averaged who averaged 95 right he may touch it every once in a while now but last year he he averaged 93.9 so he, he dipped 1.4 miles per hour from pre-surgery level so he also may have gotten a little bit stronger. You know, it was his first year back, so we'll see what that looks like this year. But the fact remains that that pitch was never effective. I mean, even even in 2018, right, that sinker got rocked. It got rocked. Um, 2017, it got rocked. 2016, it was his worst pitch. And he really only threw two pitches in 2016. He didn't even – he didn't even throw his curve, start throwing his curveball. I don't know if you could find a pitcher that has a very good sinker anymore in the last five years. But that's what I'm saying. So I mean, that pitcher, that pitch, he needs uh, to, he needs to throw it less. Like that is that is a pitch that hitters are hitting the ball off of him, and he has other pitches that are more effective. I think I'm more kind of in between you two with Chad Cool. You know, I'm not like super high on him, but I'm also not super low on him. I think he can be an effective like number five starter. Um, and I think he can be a, a really good relief pitcher. But again, on a team like the Pirates, they just aren't good enough to utilize him in the relief role. Therefore, he has to start. Um, and I, I think he can be effective. I just don't see – I don't see – great things out of him i see him being in in my in my quote here i, I see him being fine <laughs> so. oh i'm looking at noah Syndergaard's sinker right now don't we'll cry oh i am it's not good terrible because a sinker has not been good in the last five years sinker ball pitch is or the sinker pitch is absolutely awful anymore Which kind of sucks because I do love a good ground shot. Yeah, but electric stuff is way better. It is, but it was more of like a joke that electric shit's on the mound right now. Yeah, well, that joke turned into a reality quite quite quickly. Me left. Well, all you do is leave Pittsburgh and race Searage. So I think we've kind of beat this in here. And I think it's all fair conversation. It's a good conversation. We have three very different viewpoints. <laughs> very pessimist, very optimist, and then Jim, the very fine, level-headed, whatever. I can't wait, though. I can't wait till we're sitting I, here. I don't think I was pessimistic there. I, six months I was, from now, and I'm telling you all how I was right. I didn't. I said see I would prefer it. Um, this is all on the fly stuff, but with Chad Cole's velocity... I'm trying to look at game by game because, again, it was a shortened season, the injury. You know, like I'm wondering if that was what made him drop a little bit. Um, I'm looking at the September – I'm sorry, the August 21st game against the Brewers, and he was hitting like 97. How many is he throw? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> Look, I'm just checking. Uh, five. Five innings, actually. Okay. That's actually okay. really good then. Yeah. But I, I think that's the other way, too. But... One, two. So yeah, yeah, in the fifth two... inning, he was sitting about 94. Okay. So I think that's the way that you, that you bump up his velocity, though, is, again, I, I, I see them kind of utilizing that piggyback situation where they, they're asking him essentially to go out there and throw four innings. Which is what he's thrown his entire career. It's not good. Shut up, Tyler. We're done. <laughs> I'm sorry. He gets knocked out of a ball game in four innings every this game he's out my there. Way. I'm taking my mic and I'm going home. Four innings, five <laughs> runs. He's done. All right, because can we move the on? Cubs tee off on him. <laughs> I mean, over the course of his career, 72 appearances, 70 of which are starts, he has averaged just under five innings per game. We're done. We're done. Exactly. Stop. He Stop. the guy's not any innings eater. He never By will circumstance. Be. Not his fault. Nothing's his fault. But if something does go correctly, I'm not disagreeing. According to everything I've been told, which I don't agree with, the stuff is there. So I'm willing to let other people be right for once in my life. And watch him go start every day or every fifth day. So maybe Chad Cool can do to Tyler what Jeff Hartlieb did to me. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> when I was just I was just trashing Jeff Hartlieb nonstop his rookie year. And then last year he goes out there and it actually you becomes him. a Oh my God! He well, he was so bad. Like he was good so old bad. nice Jim, the guy everyone loves on Twitter. Well, mostly everyone loves on Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm like damn Jim, you got some he, like he hatred was, towards this guy almost. He was terrible. I mean, he couldn't get his he couldn't get his ERA under nine until the last, literally the last day of the year. He got his ERA right to nine point zero zero. Um. And then last year he came out and was actually an effective reliever. So I was happy to to see that because he seems like a nice guy. He just was terrible. That's all. I don't want him to be terrible. I don't want him to be terrible. I want him to be good, but he was terrible. And I bet if you asked him how his 2019 was, he would say he was terrible. I mean, that's probably true. Yeah. I want to be honest. I would not call last year good. The guy throws a hundred strikeouts, seven for nine. Woo! It was a step in the correct direction. Someone call Archimedes Caminero in. He was still. He was one of our most effective relievers last year. Which wasn't. That's not. Yeah, Jim. That's like being the tallest midget. Again, he was one of the most effective relievers (laughs) last year. Touche. There you go. Like being the best bush light in the pack, you know? Yeah, I drink Keystone. Same thing. I do All right. love bush light, though. All right. Can we move on from this? Yeah. Because I feel yeah. we're going to go wrap around back to Chad Cole for some reason, and I don't want to. So let's extend the show a little bit longer here. Um, we'll move on from these pitchers. Last night, Brandon Tatis Jr. signed a huge extension, 14 years. Three hundred and forty million dollars. 
don't think we'll be seeing that from anybody in the Pirates. Not just because it's not talents, but because we'll never see $340 million as an extension for the Pirates. That's the year's 3043. So my question is, who do we think might be next for extension season for the Pirates? Jim, you go first. Um, I mean, I think if there if there is a candidate, it's Q. Brian Hayes. I don't think we're in that territory yet. Nor do I. The thing here's the difference. Here's the difference between a player like Hayes and a player like Ronald Acuna or Fernando Tatis, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it really just comes down to when they made their debut, right? How old were they when they when they made the majors? Um, you know, Tatis, Acuna, these people made the majors when they were 19, 20 years old. Um, Ryan Hayes is going to be 24 this year. Is that correct? Just turned 24. Just turned, just turned 24. Um, so he'll be 24 when he racks up his first year of service time. So, like, the big difference here is, you know, Tatis and Acuna were going to be free agents at age 26, right? Whereas Hayes is going to be a free agent at age 30. Big difference, right? Um, you know, if you're if you're Tatis and Acuna, you want to buy out those late 20s because that's your quote-unquote prime in a lot of cases. Um, so you want to you want to lock that down if you can, and you lock that down by paying a little bit more up front than you typically would for a case like the pirates and Key Brian Hayes, the pirates have Key Brian Hayes already through his prime. So like, unless he comes out there and he's like an MVP candidate, which I think Key Brian Hayes is going to be a good player. And I think he could make, make, he could be an all-star, you know, he could be an all-star uh, caliber player, is he going to be the type of guy who you want to lock him up for his thirties? Because that's what you would be doing. You already have him for his twenties. You have him for that. So now is he going to be a guy that you want to lock up into his thirties? And I just way too early to make that decision yet. Um, It's not going to come for another two years, you know, probably if that is the case, um, I, I mean, if he's good, then I'd, I'd welcome it with open arms. So I guess I guess he's the next candidate if, yeah, that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> but, yeah, Hayes, I guess, is the candidate if there is going to be one. But it just doesn't make sense right now. Okay. You think he would be the next one they're probably talking to, but you don't think it's going to get done? Or oh, I think it could. Think I think it could. I think it could get done, but he's going to have to show – two years of sustained success before it okay, really right. starts to even make sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There. What do you think, Tyler? I think the obvious, like Jim said, the obvious answer is going to be Hayes. They've saved enough money right now that I think everyone's on board of just throw the money to Cabrian Hayes and maybe buy out the arbitration years, buy out, all that crap add a couple years and get him to age 30, mm-hmm. 32. In terms, I mean, the Pirates will never do, they're, I don't want to say never, but unlikely 
I think the youngest guy to come up that they might have a shot of signing to a long-term deal might be uh, Alexander Mojica. He's 18, maybe makes his debut by 22. That's even a real shot in the dark, but... Do you think we're going to wait that that's, long? And that's up then for him. I I mean, what else they got that they're going to lock up long-term? Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair, too. Most of them are going to be if, 30, but if, if the like Pirates Jim said, though... Like the 2009, 2010 era of like the rebuild, right? You're looking at like the Kutches, yeah, the Martes that's, that's coming up, I, which kind but of I fits think that timeline. That's line. where they're at. So that, that's also fair. And then what fell after was a McCutcheon signing after his what? Well, technically Tabata did. What twenty four? Technically Tabata did, right? Yeah, Tabata. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to but call that, it was it was, it was essentially the buyout as arbitration. Yeah. And then after that, you had McCutcheon, you had Marte, you had Polanco, but all those guys had already reached the majors. So if we're talking of a guy that can peak young. I think Mojica's the best shot they have, and that's even saying that's a question mark of whether he makes it. I love the guy, but yeah, I mean, right now you a shot. Yeah, so not even I mean, like even like this next wave. Ball. All the guys that Terrence just traded for right now, no, like, last year or this year, I you don't, don't, you don't even it. think them so much. You think it'd be like because Mojica. no, because none of them are at the age. None of them are going to be twenty-two when they're signing a fourteen-year extension. Well, or even a six-year. <laughs> right. Yeah, but even if we're talking like a six-year extension, by the time they get up there, we're six, eight years. They're going to be thirty by that time. Eh, what's really the point? So maybe like, a Hudson head. Okay. Maybe. But there's still all of volatility with those prospects. We don't even know. You know, they're, they're not close yeah. enough to even determine if they're going to be good enough worthy. You know, so I get that. You know, and I guess like with Jim's point. We've talked about this a little bit before, and you're right. I mean, he's like when Kutch, Kutch was 22 when he made his debut, right? Like you mentioned, Brian Hayes would be 24 now. Um, still rookie eligible. It, it made sense for Kutch. You know, you're buying, you still have some prime years. You know, Brian Hayes being, Hayes being 30, it's like, do you, there's two sides to this. You know, I mean, I guess for the Pirates, I think they'd still be worth it to have him locked up to age 32. But it's Brian Hayes looking like, I want to be a cover free agent at age 32. We said the direction baseball is going. I think also on top of it, I'm not like this isn't a dig at Cabron Hayes by any means, but you mentioned the Acuna one. Yeah, it made sense because he's 20, gonna be a free agent at 26. Let's do it for the Braves, but also for Acuna, this is where it really sucks because that contract is terrible, right? Albie's contract is terrible, but yeah. for the players, these are yeah, well, yeah, sorry, <laughs> great for the team, great for the owners right. that are so yeah. poor. Um, these are also guys that really come from nothing when you put a hundred million dollars in front of ronald cunha's face very very undervalued contract but that's a hundred million dollars like that's what we talked about there's there's a lot of risk in this on the players because of the way economics worked in baseball how everything's year to year until you become you know that free agent at age 26 for him so i'm getting a hundred million dollars life-changing let me go ahead and do it brian hayes i mean his dad was a major leaguer you know, again, this is like anything, but, but he, he's not hurting for money, I'm sure, either. It's not as if it's like, wow, here's $100 million or here's $56 million, like cut or whatever. Like, let me go ahead and do this. Is it worth God, that him? that seems so little. I know, right? Like, think about mm-hmm. that. $56 million for Andrew McCutcheon. 
<laughs> is it worth one, him? Years. Does he want to become a free agent at, I'm sure, a team-friendly contract to become a free agent at age 32? To me, it doesn't make much sense. I think it's not even so much for the Pirates side. I don't think Cabron Hayes is looking to get an extension unless it, as Tyler said, you're, you're throwing money at him. For the Pirates side, where it can make sense is at least you have that cost control. Like, you know what you have every year in him. Um, there's benefit to that. So let me present this to you. What about Mitch Keller? Do you think, I think part of it is it might work out for the Pirates. Like he hasn't had a good start to his career. Do you believe, we're not saying he's an ace. Like we're not saying this is Garrett Cole or what James and Tyone should have been, which is unfortunate, but should have been like, but this is a guy who might be a good pitcher. And because he's had an awful start, could you get some value and be able to lock him up as a pitcher? I think it's a fair point because you could, if if you can get him for maybe a Blake Snell rate of what he signed with the Rays, mm-hmm. I mean, what was it? Five years, fifty million, something like that. And I don't. Is, is it gonna, uh, anywhere near that for starting? I think pitching, it would have. I think it would have to be clearly way less than that. I mean, the guy not, still hasn't ten mil a year. He's going to be healthy either. He's he hasn't. I think I think with Keller, you maybe approach him with something like that if he is able to pitch a full season this year, you know, and do it effectively. But if he pitches a full season, then you're risking it going from five year to a hundred, five year, a hundred million, 75 million. He's still, no, I mean, he still has, he still has a full other year of pre-arbitration plus arbitration. Like, I mean, you're, he's not, he's not a free agent until 2025, I think. Yeah. So it comes up real quick though. So like, no, I I think I think he's someone where if you were to approach him with an extension, it wouldn't be huge by any means. You know, you'd want to buy out a couple. You'd want to buy out a couple of those free agency years, right? So let's say, so let's say next year, going into the off season, you've got him for four more years, and you say, hey, we'll give you seven years, forty-five. Fifty million dollars. That seems more. The fifty million I could see, but right, seven years I think you know. would be closer. Yeah, like seven. Yeah, right. So he does become a free agent in twenty twenty six. Okay. Arbella's I'd go five fifty, give him ten million a year. I think he can give you a two war. So I'll just well, probably can, but I think is what we're going at is he hasn't proven it yet. So I don't think the Pirates are. He hasn't, but the Pirates are in a position where ready to we... say here's Blake Snell money. For Mitch Keller. But and Blake Snell was never in a position when they gave him that money to give him that money. Hmm. Not really. He took $50 million for a reason. Yeah, if he's yeah. on the open market right now, he's getting a lot more. I mean, you take it because it's guaranteed and you're a pitcher and anything could happen. You know, you could you could go out there the next day, blow your arm out, and never pitch again. And it's a little bit different for pitchers than it is for position players. Um, I mean, Snell signed that contract, right? So Snell signed that deal after 2019. So he was coming off. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Not not after 2019. He was coming off. Coming off. Yeah, actually it was after 2019. Yeah. So then, and then he hit, and then he hit 7 million in 2020. So he was coming off a, season where 
I mean, in 2018, he had a one point. He won. I mean, he won the Cy Young in 2018. Um, 1.89 ERA in 180. Yeah. And then he kind of fell back a little bit, but was still effective. And then that's when he signed the deal. But regardless, yeah, no, I guess just get back okay, to it with I Mitch will... Keller. I think yeah. he could be because I, I think it kind of benefits. Like his the, the beginning of his career hasn't been that good. And the Pirates might look at this as an opportunity. We do believe in Mitch Keller. And, and again, like back to the Jose Tabata thing. We're not talking about that cheap of the money, but like in in the realm of things, even if Mitch Keller doesn't turn out to be this really, really good pitcher, if he's just a fine pitcher, this isn't life altering money that the Pirates are just like, oh my God, we've given up so much. I mean, if it's seven years, $50 million, you know, what do they really give him every single year? Are you okay giving a pitcher, you know, $8 million to be, like, like Tyler says, a two war player? And I know it's not the most ideal for the Pirates, but it's like mm-hmm. at worst. You know, what is Mitch Keller? And if that's yeah. what it is, the Pirates can still, they can work with that. Yeah, it, that doesn't hamper them by any right. means. Right. Yeah. So that's why I do believe Mitch Keller could definitely be one because, uh, you know, opportunistic Pirates could be looking at this and saying, let's lock you up now. Opposed to, as kind of Tyler was saying, like, what if they do wait a year and he does show he can pitch healthy a whole year? Now his value goes up a little bit and they're going to have to pony up some more money. Um, I, I do believe Mitch Keller could be. Um, but, for me, yeah, it, it's just them two right now. I mean, who else are you locking up? Mm-hmm. To me, it's not Brian Reynolds yet. Not any of the infield. Unless you can do it, like, super, super cheap. Like, super cheap. Not Kevin Newman. It would, have, it would have to be, 30. Yeah, it would have to be, like, a Tabata <laughs> deal, you know? Because they got Tabata for super cheap, too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it would have to be something like that for Reynolds. And I don't, I don't think Reynolds is going to do that. Doesn't make sense, too. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's not much around there that really does make sense in terms of an extension until they make their debut. Everything's kind of, eh, we'll wait and see. Unless it's like an elite, elite level guy, right? Like there, there are some people out there where I think it make, it makes sense. Like when the White Sox signed Luis Robert, like that made sense for them because they knew that they wanted to just lock him up forever. Um, So there, there are instances where it makes sense sense but it really only makes sense for those elite guys so no elite guys on the pirates but there is an elite player out there that could be nearing extension season soon and since tatis jr got 14 years 340 million i think his price just went up juan soto is gonna be the first 600 million dollar player so let's talk about this um there's been a little bit of debate you know behind the scenes and it's funny because mlb released their top 100 uh players in mlb they reached their top 10, and these three guys went in consecutive order. So the young guns, right, the flavor in, in baseball right now, Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr. Let's talk about them right now. I put out a poll today as well. If you were to pick one of these players today, which one are you taking? I'm not going to go first because you already know what it is. Anyone listening to this show knows what it is. I'll just go first. Denardo and uh, Jim did make compelling cases to go with Juan Soto. Well, Denardo made a compelling case. Jim said it's much closer than I thought, but 
I still have to deal with the premier position. We've got a guy that plays shortstop at a high level. And a lot of things I've dug into a little more told me that Juan Soto is not as bad defensively as I truly thought he was. Van Graaff tells you he's a terrible defender. If you dig a little deeper, he's actually not. And Juan Soto's hitting stats are out freaking outrageous. I still have to go with Tatis right now with Soto being very, 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 very close behind him. Acuna, I feel like, is a guy that I told you guys in the chat, if you show him, if you show an old-timer his batting average, his home runs, stolen bases, they're going to take him number one no matter what. I mean, last year, two years ago, what, 41, 40-something homers, 37 stolen bases? 41 and 37. Like, literally almost yeah. a 40-40 yeah. yeah. player at age at Yeah, you, at you age show someone that. 21. An old, yeah. You show an old-timer that they're going to jump all over that one. But, man, Tatis plays a premier position. It's tough to go against him. And he's just so damn fun. This is such a hard question. <laughs> um, and here's the thing. I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either three. <laughs> like it, Give me one of them. Not, I'm good. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, I got um, a lifelong I think, player here. Let's build I think no matter – I think – yeah, I think no matter who you pick, you aren't going wrong with it. Um, but I guess we have to pick somebody. And just because of – I mean, I, I said it in the chat earlier. He's the closest thing to to, to Barry Bonds that, that I think we've seen, um, and that's Juan Soto. He, he just flat out – kills baseballs <laughs> he has i mean just kills him just crushes him his command of the strike zone is amazing you know he, he even ever since his call up as a 19 year old right he he has posted on base percentages over 400 um and that number last year was almost 500 so we're talking with a guy who can just crush balls he gets on base. Um, he, he's he's semi well rounded. He's not yeah he he's not he's not great defensively, but he's also not terrible. He can play the position. I don't know how long he'll be able to do that. You do have to kind of think. Okay, he's twenty two, and he's already like not a great defender. So does he eventually move to you know right field or DH right? Um, but. I think even with that, his hitting a, a his bat is just so far and away better than either of the other two players. That yeah, maybe Ronald Acuna is the most well-rounded because he can defend, he can hit, he can run, he can he can do it all, right? Tatis obviously has that position factor going for him. He's and he can he can also crush the ball too. Um, but I think Soto just hits so much better than the other two that what he lacks defensively, he still he still does that one thing so well that you've got to go with him. Speak to me, Jim. Speak to me. So as I mentioned, you guys already know what I'm going with. 
It's Juan Soto. It's Juan Goto. He is the GOAT. He is the number one player in baseball right now. Move over Mike Trout. I'm not going to go that far. But you're absolutely correct in the sense that, like, all this is so close. You know, in, in a sense, they're almost like the three really, really good players. But they all bring something different and unique as well. So yep. Tyler mentioned about Fernando Tatis. You're like, how funny is it? And he is. I mean, He's entertainment. He's the big ticket show. You go to the Padres game to watch Fernando Tatis Jr., which this year you go to watch everybody now. But, you know, it, like imagine if he was on the Pirates. PNC Park would have people in the stands because of him. Like you want to watch him. He's a very talented player. The, the one thing, like, if I have to take away from him, we're having this conversation. It's been 143 games. You know, in his first year, he had a baby of a 410. You know, a little bit inflated, but... Listen, like we're nitpicking here, right? He's very talented. He's very, very good. He's good offensively. He's good defensively. He's super athletic. Like, I don't have a worry so much about, is he too big for shortstop? Is he going to move off? How's his defense going to decline? Stuff like that. Like, I feel like he's going to be a very talented player. You know, if he plays basketball, he's the small forward. You know, like, just super, uber talented, athletic, right? Um, And like with Ronald Acuna Jr., it's crazy to think how small-ass Ronald Cunha Jr. is like the guy who, who's hit the most home runs in a season opposed to all these people. Like Tyler said, he's he's the guy you're picking in fantasy, number one overall, opposed to these other guys. 41 home runs, 37 stolen bases. Like, are you kidding me? As a 21-year-old, almost a 40-40 season. Uber-athletic as well. Um, and then, of course, let's get back to Juan Soto, who's, who's my dude. Like, the one thing I worry about with Juan Soto is everything that Jim said. Like, his defense improved vastly from – two years ago to last year, but it's still not great. Like he has to me a lot of Manny Ramirez in him where when he ages, like, is he going to be a very terrible outfielder? So yes, probably DH is in his future. Um, But I guess what I also am concerned on the same side too, is like when Ronald Acuna Jr., is 33 years old, right? And Tatis Jr. is 33 years old. What are they doing with their athleticism? That's why, like, with Soto's hit tool, like, I feel this guy is going to be 45 years old and still just mashing, right? It might be at a DH, and it's not a premier permission position, but this guy can just mash all throughout his career, right? Kind of like a Nelson Cruz to the degree where how are these guys going to end it? So I, if you're starting today... You can't go wrong. I'm still going to say Soto. I have to. Um, but I could see where those two have better 10-year careers now. And then Soto, out, uh, with longevity of Soto, you know, outrains them. And he has the higher war at the end of the career. So I guess that's kind of like my take. He's going to have a nice twilight into his career. But those two might drop off deeper. Watch Solby it is and Vlad Guerrero Jr. just goes off next year for the rest of his career. And that could be like, we could be talking (laughs) about four guys now. God, baseball is such in a great position. Why do the stupid people have to ruin it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the young talent in the game is is great. I mean, you've got these three guys, and then really behind them, even, even, you know, we mentioned Vlad. Um, Vlad has a teammate too that's pretty fun to watch, Bo Bichette. Wander Franco coming on his way. Wander coming up. You've got 
Um, you know, the Mariners have Kalenic and Julio Rodriguez coming up soon. Uh, but we haven't um, even talked about the White Sox. And we haven't even talked about the White Sox with Luis Robert. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Yomakata and Yeah. So it's, it's – I hear a lot of international dollars, guys. Just say it is, it. <laughs> it is a lot a of fun... international money. And Jim just talked about everyone behind him, in front of him. Francisco Lindor is only 27 years old. If we're talking big contracts, like that's actually that's the next one, right? Lindor is the next guy. Um, you know, he'll, he'll get over three hundred million. He has to be if it's not now by this next off season. Has to yeah, be, it'll be a free I mean, agent. Jose Ramirez is what twenty eight. There's a lot of Mike. Mike, Mike Trout's twenty eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mookie Betts is is like, all these guys are. Manny Machado, right? I mean, we think Manny Machado is old because because he's been around forever, but Manny Machado's twenty nine, I think. Like these guys are all so young. Bryce Harper, um, he's twenty eight as well. Twenty seven. He was same age as Trout. I think. Yeah. I think Manny Machado's Machado and Harper are about the same too. Yeah. So Machado's twenty eight, and um, Bryce Harper's twenty eight as well. Yeah, so like even these guys who have been around what seems like a decade um, are still still have a lot of time remaining. Um, Trout's still 29, so he's not 30 yet. Um, Mookie Betts, another one. Mookie's t- 28, right? So it's it's insane. And I mean, you, you got to think I mean, Mookie and, and oh, Cody Bellinger we haven't even mentioned, you know, another guy. Uh, you know, just won an MVP, Christian Yelich. These guys are all young. It's 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 a fun time to be a baseball fan. It really, if they could ever figure it out. If yeah, should be. I think for the people, I think for the people who like are already in in the game and they enjoy it, like it's it's enjoyable to watch these guys. The problem now that baseball needs to figure out is, hey, how do you know how do you how do you get people to gravitate to these personalities and this, the, these talented individuals that are playing their sport. Um, how do you get more people to do this? And, and, and there are people out there who maybe don't, you know, they don't get to watch all these teams because, you know, baseball has terrible regulations when it comes to streaming, right? We can go into all those things um, that they need to just Let's make roll you back, Jim. I visible, feel this tangent. Right? Jim's still salty so. about this. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this was two weeks yeah, ago. I, Move on, Jim. The talent's there. It's fun. Like it should be a fun season, even though the Pirates are terrible. We're going to be able to watch a lot of really fun baseball players play this year. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it, even even with how bad the Pirates are going to be. I mean, how do I get? How do I get people? to pay attention to more, like more than three to four at bats of my favorite players per night. We're not doing the XLB either. Let's move on. Well, we're not. I'm, I was going to stay gambling. Oh, okay. Well, I think, I think, let it fly. well, I mean, I think what baseball could be really, an MLB red zone. That's exactly. I, if, if baseball had something similar, cause that like changed the game. I think for the NFL is the oh, red okay. zone channel. If baseball had just a channel, like a nationwide channel, you could go and, all right, Mike Trout's going up to bat. Let's watch Trout hit. Soto's bat. You could just bounce around from game to game, watch the stars all hit. Or, you know, if there's a 
big game situation and it's the eighth inning bases are loaded two outs one run game you know go to that game that would be i would be glued to that channel just non-stop like, and not have to listen to harold reynolds talk on the mlb network and, while and, we're doing and stuff. that's what i was gonna say like like it will be yeah. it could be better that's what you know like it will be mm-hmm. they will check into games you know here and there and it such just, yeah. but i feel like a dedicated channel but that's all they do you know to some degree and that's why the app's so great too like it is kind of cool that the app will notify you that like hey it's the seventh inning and there's a no hitter going on or mm-hmm. you know it's a close to just going the extra innings like there's there's some degree of it but you're right like nfl red zone i i i'm not an nfl fan as much as i used to be but i still get it i have to i have to i mean for 10 bucks a month or whatever it is on the packages that you get with mm-hmm. it's like i mean i watch that i'm entertained by it you see highlights I think baseball, like, it's harder because, you know, I think for the situation to come up, it's a little bit harder. But, right, like, when Mike Trout comes up, boom, that's on. You're watching that at bat. Yep. So, I'm with you. I think that would be very, very beneficial. I'd be watching both. You know, I'd be watching the Pirates and have that on my laptop or whatever. That's what I would be doing. And I think you combine that with gambling and you might have a little. Really, though. Well, that's the thing. I, I think if you and they, I think they are doing a little bit better job of like promoting their like DraftKings, right? So I mean, like if they and they, that's on MLB Network where they do like their DraftKings lineup of the day and all those things. So if you could really leverage the daily fantasy aspect that comes along with baseball, because that's one thing that baseball really has over any other sport, right? They everybody plays every day. Like, you, you got you got baseball every single day, and you've got. 12 to 15 games of it right um not 17 weeks 17 days out of the year basically yeah so so you know if you if you really marketed and leveraged you know daily fantasy sports you could tie it into that into that channel that basically just shows all the action and all the players that you want to see i think i mean that's a great idea (laughs) they they need to do that iris full agree full agree there too (laughs) Absolutely. Higher <laughs> up. All right. Um, well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. We don't want to go like a full two hours like we did last, last week. No, please don't. <laughs> so um, any last words before we do go? No, just hire us. All right. I don't necessarily need to be hired. Maybe just as a consultant, like an independent consultant. How about that? Nope, I need hired. I'll just charge a fee for Call my Call it whatever you want. Pay me. Exactly. There, it is. there you go. All right. That's why I always like to. My last words. Chad Cole is a good pitcher. I'm going to prove you wrong. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Sorry,